So when I was a kid, they often used to say that, you know, kids were just unfocused or, you know, when when I specifically when I was a kid, it was hard for me to concentrate and things like that. And my parents found out way later in life that I had ADHD, but that isn't necessarily, you know, something back when I was a kid that they really talked about. Well, I think this is an interesting subject because I, I have a feeling that a lot of parents are wondering, you know, is my child just unfocused or do they just daydream a lot or do they have ADHD? Well, the great news is we have an expert to talk about that today. I'm Gina Melton with the Just Kids Health podcast from Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Join me as I talk with the region's pediatric experts about everything related to your kids. Things like medical issues like ADHD, mental health, all to keep your kids healthy, and that's really what we all want. Now, today I'd like to welcome pediatric psychiatrist, Dr. Sean Akers with the Children's Behavioral Health to discuss ADHD and ADD. Good to see you, Dr. Akers. Thank you, good to see you too today. Yeah, I have a feeling there's a lot of parents out there that are thinking, is this a case of my my child is just daydreaming or fidgets a lot or do they have ADHD? So first, let's talk about how do you know if your child has either of these things, and maybe what's the difference? Yeah, it's a really good question. And so there's a number of points that we would want to talk about. And the first thing that I always want to point out is that parents, you are the expert on your child, mm-hmm. right? In terms of behavior, in terms of functioning, uh, how they do in different settings, um, and, and that's really important, but we wouldn't expect you to know whether your child has ADHD. Uh, it really is an evaluation process, and there's different types of ADHD. Well, I know as an adult, I happen to have ADHD, and it, but it wasn't diagnosed till much later in life. And I think my parents just thought, you know, I was kind of a high-energy kid, and I was a little unfocused, and I liked to daydream. But, you know, many parents... I'm sure we'll be glad to know that the experts at Children's Hospital and Medical Center are there to answer all of those kinds of questions. So what are the early signs of ADHD and how can it be diagnosed? You know, so... Uh, very good questions. The first thing I'm going to talk about is uh, is that we want to keep in mind development, mm-hmm. right? Everybody develops a little bit differently, and we want to be real clear that there's a really wide range of development in young kids. Uh, we wouldn't expect a toddler to have a long attention span, sure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we start looking towards school age. We start looking towards when we are asking kids to sit for a little bit more extended periods of time before we really start looking into an official diagnosis. So maybe when they get into elementary school. Mm-hmm. Kindergarten is usually when we start uh, looking at. We we do look at times younger if it's a more extreme case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the guideline is we want to uh, look at how it's affecting their functioning when we're placing demands on them. If you think about homes, homes and schools are very different. You know, most of our homes are a little bit less structured. They can play. They, they need to play. They, uh, there's not as many uh, guidelines that you need to sit for hours at a time at a, at a station mm-hmm. uh, to do something. So uh, it's important to keep in mind development and, and normal developmental sort of issues with kids. And the second thing I, I want to point out is that there's a continuum with with attention span, with ADHD signs. It's not necessarily that somebody has it or they don't. Uh, it's a lot of us have some ADHD sort of symptoms. Uh, there's uh, 
like myself, I don't have ADHD and I can sit at a very busy nursing station and I can, I can write my notes and I can keep focused and parents and, and nurses and doctors walking around me doesn't bother me a bit. And other people would be very distracted by that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean necessarily that they have ADHD. Uh, they might just need a quieter space. Sure. So, so the other point is that the way we look at terminology now with ADHD is that there's three different types. Okay. Okay. So we call them all ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. The first type is what we might call inattentive. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like more what you uh, talked about, yes. being a little bit of a daydreamer. Right. Those are hard to, to point out. They're mm -hmm. hard to find. We often don't uh, easily diagnose them until a little bit later uh, in childhood or, or even later. Uh, because they are not the uh, troublemakers or they're not the, the kids who are acting out as much. Right. The second one is going to be the more hyperactive, impulsive ones. And those are the ones you're going to see a little bit quicker. And then the third is what we call the combined type, where you have both the inattentiveness and distractibility as well as the hyperactive, impulsive sort of signs. And when you talk about what are the early signs, those are the ones, uh, the combined or the hyperactive impulsive kids are the ones where we are going to see them a little bit earlier on, partly because they have a really hard time sitting still and they're going to be more impulsive and they're going to have a harder time following the rules or, or they'll try to follow the rules and then, you know, two minutes later, they're back up out of their seat again. And, and it's this constant uh, pull mm -hmm. with, with the behavioral impulsive parts. Well, I know just as an adult, I know we're talking about kids, but as an, as an adult, I had trouble thinking about, should I go on medication? Because my doctor and I had discussed that. Should I go on medication or not? And, and it's been so helpful to me, you know, mm -hmm. in, in my adult life, just being so inattentive. So I don't know if there's, you know, parents out there that are thinking, well, I don't know if I should put my kid on medication, you know, what are some of the long-term effects of that? Do you have any insight into medication for kids? So let's, let's talk about that in terms of treatment. Um, the, the important thing to remember is that treatment typically is the, looking at medications mm -hmm. and then looking at what we call behavioral therapy. Uh, it's typically a little bit of both. Uh, we certainly want to look at both. Um, the, the medications have been out there for years, uh, and they're, they're certainly well studied. Uh, if you're talking to your pediatrician or psychiatrist about that possibility of medication, I think those are important questions to answer in terms of what are the long-term effects? You know, what are the side effects? Uh, there's certainly some common side effects of some of the meds mm -hmm. that you would want to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Now, where do you come in on all of this? Because I have a feeling that, you know, in your position, you might see some kids who have ADD or ADHD. You know, how does that help um, being in your position at the hospital? So when we, when we get that diagnosis, the thing that we always want to remember is how is it affecting their functioning? Mm -hmm. And uh, going back to, you know, there, there are all of us, uh, many of us who might have a few traits here and there. Is it affecting your functioning? If you can easily accommodate to, okay, I just need a quieter space and then I can, I can function fine, then, you know, we're not looking at medication or therapy or anything. We just have some of those accommodations. We don't even necessarily have the diagnosis. To get the diagnosis, we're looking at how is it affecting their functioning? And that's why the evaluation process needs to look across settings. So if somebody struggles with impulsivity at home, but in school, 
they function fine, they're not impulsive, they attend to their schoolwork, uh, that's probably not ADHD. It may be something else. And mm-hmm. that's, that's why we have to evaluate uh, making sure that it's ADHD and it's an accurate diagnosis because there's a few other uh, types of things that can affect attention. You know, anxiety and depression come to mind are, are uh, disorders that can uh, absolutely affect attention span and, and the ability to attend. Parenting is hard work. Parenting during a pandemic is even harder. Parenting You from Children's is here to help. With our new virtual format, you can watch short videos on some of parenting's most popular and challenging topics at your convenience. Visit childrensomaha.org slash parenting you today. So what about is there, you know, a cure for this? Um, I know as an adult, I, I still have it, but is there an overall cure for ADD or ADHD? You know, it's not a word that we typically use with ADHD in terms of cure. Mm-hmm. The, the word that we really use is it's manageable and we manage it. And, True. and so the, my role as a, as a psychologist is really looking towards behavioral types of therapies, which are working on how do we manage that behaviorally, uh, often with meds, mm-hmm. uh, because the meds don't last all the time. Most meds don't. Uh, a lot of the meds are uh, really designed to be on board during their school day. Like eight hours or like something eight like that. Like eight, 12 hours or uh-huh. something like that. So, uh, so you still have to deal with some of the behavioral aspects, you know, in the evenings or at homework time or, or you know, other times of the day. So, mm-hmm. you know, my part is working on how do we manage uh, the child's attention span and, and behavior, especially if you have the impulsivity uh, from a, uh, the, the caretaker side. You know, mm-hmm. what, what can the teachers do? What can the parents do to help keep that child on task? Um, and, and that's an individual thing. So it's really about that aspect is the behavioral therapy. It's not a cure. It's a, how do we manage this to make them as successful as possible? Mm-hmm. Well, and I want to reassure parents that actually my, my ADHD has made me in my life more creative and kind of more able to multitask and things like that. So it's not necessarily um, something that, you know, it is manageable. <laughs> That's basically the bottom line. It's manageable. And, you know, it's it's great to be able to see an expert at Children's Hospital if you have those questions. Finally, I guess what, what, what it really boils down to, what happens if you don't, you know, treat ADHD? Is there any problem with that? Well, let's go back to the, the word I used earlier, which is if it's affecting your functioning, then that's that's going to be the problem area. So if your attention span is affecting your academic abilities or your impulsivity is affecting your social, uh, your friends, or you're getting into trouble a lot and you're not treating it, then that's where we're going to get concerned is, is that those types of things are not just going to get better necessarily over time. We, mm-hmm. we do want to treat it so they can be successful uh, in the areas that we we ask of them, we we require of them, such as school, such as their social life. So if if parents are concerned, you know, they think, okay, what Dr. Akers is saying right now, that seems to resonate with me. Maybe my child has ADHD. What's like the first step that they should take? What would you suggest? You know, the first step, I think, is always going to be talk to your pediatrician. You know, they're going to be the experts uh, first off, who are going to see you over time, you know, uh, hopefully from from infancy, you know, into toddlerhood and into childhood and be able to get some of those baselines of 
of how they're functioning in, in the different areas of their life. Uh, and then uh, there are certain uh, places, you know, such as uh, Children's Hospital and Medical Center and our behavioral health uh, department, we have uh, actually an ADHD clinic. Mm-hmm. And we have somebody, uh, Dr. Kim Levering, who does a wonderful job. It's a, it's a very thorough evaluation because we want to make sure this is what we're seeing, that we're not, uh, we're not diagnosing ADHD when it's really something else. Sure. That makes uh, total sense. And so we, we refer a lot of our children to that clinic to get that good evaluation, and then she'll make recommendations once she establishes a diagnosis about whether there's a medication referral to one of our psychiatrists or whether there's ongoing therapy that, that's needed. If a parent out there is listening and they're thinking, oh, my gosh, my child is unfocused and they're high energy. And, you know, what would you say to that parent to kind of maybe reassure them a little bit? It's going to depend on the age. But uh, I think a lot of those qualities are, as you brought up, are wonderful, you know, and uh, ADHD, ADHD kids can be very social. Mm-hmm. And outgoing, and uh, I, I met with one uh, earlier who is very popular in many respects. He's got a lot of friends, and and there's a he he finds that part really really nice. And he's he's also very creative, like you, uh, being able to he, he likes his art classes and the things that uh, he can use his hands uh, to do. So. Uh, it's again being the expert on your child and those you know those aspects of, of personality and behavior, uh, but also keeping track of are there things that is affecting their functioning and and is more becoming frustrating to them because mm-hmm. we don't we don't want them to go through their entire uh, schooling frustrated because they are getting in trouble all the time or they're not able to focus. Well, and the good news is schools have really learned that there's there's things that they can do for the kids, whether it's something called an IEP where they give them special accommodations and things like that. I like that the schools recognize that, you know, this 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 is what some kids have and they they are helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And schools are are, uh, you know, becoming more and more schooled on these kinds of issues. And they do the IEPs or 504 plans. And uh, I think those are uh, those are wonderful supports for kids who, who might just need uh, sometimes just a simple accommodation that can make them really be much more successful. Mm-hmm. And that's good for everyone. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's really what we want is them to, to be able to function well in a school setting and, and learn to the best of their abilities. And I have to bring this up because I just think we have, first of all, Children's is such a cool hospital. It's just all made for kids. And I really, what a blessing it is to have it here in our area. But I have to bring this up because I found out something about you and that's that you are a painter. Is that right? And you've got some work on display here mm-hmm. in this area? Uh, that is correct. Yep. I, I do what's called mixed media. Uh, so it's painting, but I also use metals and woods and, and other things just to create stuff. How neat. Is paint therapy a good thing for kids? I mean, drawing and things like that when they have ADHD? Mm -hmm. You know, the one thing I love about kids is that by nature, they're often very creative and they don't, uh, they're not as critical of themselves when they're younger. They just love Mm -hmm. to create and draw and and build things uh, often. So it can be a very therapeutic thing as well uh, when they just allow themselves to be creative in their own kind of child kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I was a big Lego builder when I was a, a kid. And so I, I see my, my mixed media, uh, creations as being a little bit like that, where I'm just building stuff until it looks right. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> That's good. But you're right. As kids, we're not nearly as critical. Where today I would say, oh, that looks like a stick figure that I just drew. <laughs> <laughs> but what a wonderful stick figure that is. Wonderful. St- That's right. We should speak positively to ourselves. Well, and the, one of the last points I'll make is is this is something that's a little unusual that a lot of people don't realize about ADHD is that uh, there is the, the, the point that we often focus on is the underfocus of kids, right? Mm-hmm. They're underfocusing and you, often in academics or the, the subjects that they don't like very much. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we see often, not always, but often is that they overfocus on areas that they're really interested in. And so that's where it gets confusing to some parents where they'll come in and say, well, but my my kid can play video games for 12 hours a day if I let him. I don't think he has attention problems. But that's actually pretty common because it's so interesting and stimulating to their brain. They often overfocus on something because it's some of those electronic things especially will uh, just continue to pull that attention uh, to the kids where uh, versus the underfocusing on the on the less stimulating things. Well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's why we have you here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really glad to be here. Oh, thank you, Dr. Akers. It's very nice to see you. And thanks for your expertise in this area. I know this is going to really help a lot of parents. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me today. You bet. And thanks so, so much for listening to the Just Kids Health podcast. And just remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for more information on how we can help your child, visit childrensomaha.org and follow us on social media.